I'm not rich enough to be eccentric. I'm just, I'd just be weird. Maiden A to Z, innit? I do the thing. Yeah, that's what I do. <clears throat> I got it. Oh, I, I was not ready for that for some reason. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome to Maiden A to Z. Uh, my name is Eric, and we also have with us today, Jonathan. <laughs> and not only. Not only Jonathan, but as the listeners are just finding out, uh, you weren't here on Friday. <laughs> you were supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's Friday now. Yeah. But it, <laughs> it was the, the, the eighth. You were supposed to be here. Nice of you to join us, Jonathan. Nice <laughs> Thank to you. See you. You're a little late. We also have guests. Carlotta Dalian is back. Hello. Fergal Trainer is back. Indeed. Hello. Nice to be here again. So, um, old guests in a new combination. Yep. And what we're going to be doing is, uh, when, when they announced the song titles for the album, and there was this particular one, after you were on the pod, Fergal, people said, well, there's a one guy. There's the obvious guest for this episode, or this song, is obviously you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about The Death of the Celt. Is a song. Yeah. yeah. Fergal yeah. even became the Celt. Which was, uh, I think, Rai from yeah. Sabbath Bloody Podcast caught on to that and like, bring on the Celt more often. I like your dynamic. <laughs> so here we go. By popular demand, the Celt is back. Now, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily the person who's going to know if something's offensive or not. Is that, would, would someone be offended being called that? Is that like a thing? No, not in the slightest. No, no. Fair enough. That's good. I don't, I don't want to. Uh, maybe like a badge of honor, really. That's, isn't it? Like yeah. uh, you have a football team, Celt, uh, the Celtic. Yeah, Celtic? it would be more so a badge yeah. of honor than anything, yeah. Uh, yeah. Irish people are mad about Celtic or Celtic uh, legacy or history or anything like that, so yeah. Oh, that's a, actually, we could start on that. That's a common thing here in Sweden, the band Celtic Frost. I say Celtic Frost. Some people say Celtic Frost. Celtic, yeah. But I always Celtic say Celtic. Celtic. I think yeah. Celtic is right. So here, here's the reason why I said Celtic, because there's a football team that plays in Scotland in the Scottish Premier League called Celtic, uh, and that's how they pronounce their own name. But many Irish fans of football are fans of Celtic, and I think really a lot of it comes down to firstly that's their name, and secondly they wear a green and white jersey, um, and that's where a lot of it comes from. The band uh, Celtic Frost is from Switzerland, so that you know <laughs> it mm. doesn't really compute. But anyway, I cut you off there, Eric. No, I was going to say just I think maybe in, in with a gift of hindsight, maybe me asking, assuming it might be offensive, is actually more offensive than actually being offensive. Uh, so yeah, I was hugely offended by that. Fair enough. <laughs> it's such times now, I think. Like, um, everything is assumed offensive. But anyway, that's not yeah. at all why we're here. That's going to take hours to <laughs> gonna take hours to go through. Thank so God. That's, that's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Political A to Z. We are, uh, we're doing... A th- <laughs> oh, that was horrible. Third time we're doing um, a deep dive on a, a Senjutsu track. And I think this time it's the possibly the hardest for me of the, the three on D. Because it's a mm. longer track. And uh, yeah, we'll get into it, I guess. But... Uh, I, w- I want to get some early impressions. Uh, maybe let's start with Carlotta. She's here also because she did the Clansman before. Yeah. So it has a lineage yeah. that way. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think? First time you heard it, or and how did it kind of develop over time? Yeah, first time I heard it, I think I liked it actually. I liked the track more the first time I heard it uh, than listening to it more. Mm-hmm. I think I, I got like. Um, 
Yeah, because it was a little bit like I got like surprised, like oh yeah, this is this is like not Clansman Part Two, but you could definitely hear some similarities and yeah, like a sister song to the Clansman maybe mm-hmm. or something like that. But the more I listen to it, um, yeah, I mean it's all right, but I probably consider it one of the weak songs on the album uh, it's just I mean it's very long but and some parts are are very nice we're probably gonna get more into that but in general I, I don't think that much is happening uh, yeah. uh, the solos are great uh, and like yeah some musical parts are great and you can dig into the text a lot as well of course but yeah i i also have a little bit of a hard time um, getting well, into it say. i would say like first listen i had my two friends over uh, like i have this before and they they pinned it as the weakest track on the album so i had yeah. kind of defend it and be a champion for this for the tune so the first uh, first few listens i i i really like put my mind to get into it and um, it's not my weakest tune on the album Actually not, and um, it, but it's been going kind of up and down, and mm. I guess I will have things to say on it. But uh, let's bring in the Celt then. <laughs> let's go back to your very first listen, and how was that? A disappointment, uh, confusion, or um, clarity, or what was it? Were you offended? <laughs> <laughs> I was hugely offended by the cultural appropriation from Steve Harris. Steve is no Celt. <laughs> no. Um, I remember saying on one of your earlier episodes before it was released that I was most looking forward to this song based on how it had been described in early reviews I'd read and also the name of the song as well appealed to me and upon listening to it I was disappointed and I'm still disappointed actually I think it is possibly I'm not a big ranker possibly a big wanker but I'm 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 not a big, like, this is my 10th favourite, ninth favourite, 8th favourite, whatever, but I probably think this is the weakest song in the album. And, yeah, it, it, it didn't deliver what it promised me in my own head, and maybe that's partly mm-hmm. my fault. It's a common thing, right? An epic Maiden tune, and you've been a Maiden fan, it's been your favourite band for a long time. Like, what's in your head is going to be grand. And uh, perhaps it doesn't yeah. really get there. Uh, so let, let's keep on the initial reactions then. Eric, what about you? Well, so... Um yeah, I, I I was really looking forward to this one, and this this sort of started the the you know the the trilogy of Steve Harris epics towards the end of the album. So getting into this, oh, this I was very curious what was going to happen here, and um, I did not like this in this, or rather, my my sort of initial feeling after listening to it, oh that was it because it starts out really strong, the intro is really cool, and I just wanted something more to happen. Mm. Uh, it doesn't have it doesn't have the same. I mean, we're going to get to that in like. A long, long time, but the parchment that comes directly after is, is is also you know very repetitive, but it has more of a hypnotic kind of vibe, and it actually makes it work. This doesn't really do that. I just feel like this should be more happening. Yeah, I guess so. And I mean, now we kind of spoiled that uh, it's probably not going to be a list song, so it's not that it's not that type of it's not that type of episode. Uh, but uh, of course, we got to get into it. It's still ten minutes twenty of of our maiden music and lyrics, and uh, I think it um, it holds some merit. Um, you, you talked about the intro. Uh, yeah, it has that kind of uh, first, um, yeah. The, well, the main the main hook with the synthetic strings, but and I, I really like when it kind of goes down to the. Um, that's a very gentle, nice wind, wind type riff, a mellow wind, you know, 
which mm. brings me back to the song. And I also wanted, really wanted to ask you guys, do you think Steve just wrote a song and he realized it's kind of clansman-y, so it's going to be part two. You know, we have examples like uh, The Unforgiven 2, The Unforgiven 3 by Metallica, where... You know, and probably the forthcoming Unforgiven 4. Yeah, I guess, I guess. But I mean, do you think that was the case, that he, he felt it was near and then he wanted to admit that with the title? Or do you think he just wrote another song about the Celts who didn't even think about the Klansmen? What's your opinions on that? That's a hard one. It could be either or. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of get the feeling that whatever his mindset was on writing it, he... He should have had the clansman in the back of his head, I think. Like, if you're going to do another song that has, like, the exact, almost, components of mm. the clansman, like, how are you going to do that without that reference, I yeah, guess? Yeah, that's true. That's true. What do you think, Fergal? What was going on in Steve's mind? Um, I think that Steve Harris has been listening to The X Factor and Virtual Eleven a lot recently. Um Maybe it's 90s nostalgia. I don't know. They say nostalgia kicks in after 20 years. But um, the fact that even Sign of the Cross and the Clansmen were included as songs on the Legacy of the Beast tour suggests to me that within the band, they are happy to acknowledge and revisit those songs, maybe more than they were in the intervening, I don't know, however many years it was since they played those, 17 years since um, the end of the the Brave New World tour. Actually, they had Clansmen on, on... Give me out till I'm dead. But um, I think he's been listening to, to those a lot. And the other evidence I would suggest that, that supports that is that I, saw, I noticed so many riffs on this album that could have either been in an X Factor song or a Virtual Eleven song. So I think that he was maybe accidentally influenced by that. That's just my own personal theory. But I point out in my own episodes, in my own podcast, there were so many riffs on, on this album that are reminiscent of those riffs on on the X Factor, more, more so the X Factor, but mm-hmm. also Virtual Eleven. So I think that maybe he he accidentally influenced himself to write the Clansman Part Two, probably not deliberately, because I think he would have had enough resolve in himself to call it the Clansman Part Two if mm-hmm. he wanted to. Um, but I think it was probably accidental. But it does sound quite reminiscent of the Clansman. You know, they, they did a sequence since he sort of. I mean, they might regret this. You know, in the, you know. Looking back at it now, but you know they've stated quite a few times that the uh, the original song was you know very much inspired by the movie Braveheart, and that was before Mel Gibson went nuts, I guess. Uh, but there's a sequel to Braveheart that came out like like two years ago called Robert the Bruce, which apparently is a sequel because the same guy who plays Robert the Bruce is in the second movie too. So maybe he saw that and like you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna write I'd never heard about that. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but it's uh, it's the same guy. I mean, there's quite a few things to discuss uh, musically, but I guess. Now I'm feeling, let's start with the lyrics a little bit. Uh, we have the Celt here again, and I wanted to ask you, is it, a, um, is it a concept, the death of the Celts? Is there like a time, is there a time lineage or a time period where they died? Or is it just a cool, heavy title? I don't know if there is, and I, I looked into history a bit on this because I wasn't particularly well educated on it myself. I remember when I was in primary school, we had a history book, and one of the chapters was called The Celts, and they gave us a fairy tale version. I remember this well. They gave us a fairy tale version of what the Celts were, and like they had like blonde hair, and they used dyes to make their hair even more blonde, and all this weird <laughs> stuff. And yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that not only about Celts, actually, also about some Germanic uh, tribes that they they kept long hair and blonde uh, bleached it. You know. Yeah, exactly. With, exactly. with yeah. lime, um, and like I think, in, like from what I looked up, they they came to Ireland in the third millennium, uh, or 
third, like 300 BC, and um, they brought lots of language and uh, they brought like beaker culture. So like they brought implements to drink out of and all that type of stuff, like which was new. From what I can gather, though, no one really knows when. I, like, I don't know if they died off exactly. I think they just integrated with cultures, indigenous cultures of, of countries. So I don't know if there was a death of the Celts. It would be like saying... Death of the Vikings. Never happened. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean, pr- presumably they integrated their culture with the countries that they landed in more and more until it became some kind of um, combination of cultures, yeah. like happens in any any country that's discovered or invaded. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't, there was Happened no death of the Celts. Day, by the way, guys. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't know if there was a death of the Celts specifically. Uh, there certainly wasn't something in history that a lot of people know about or talk about or is referenced. So I think it's just a nice name for a song. Mm. Carlotta, you have some, uh, you have some uh, education on, not the Celts, right, but some, uh, I'm trying to remember it's a long time since we met the first time uh, but we talked about some uh, ancient languages or ancient cultures or something um not really (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) but i think we were we were talking about my education and i explained like the difference between ethnology which is my field and anthropology Uh and they're kind of interconnected so uh it's not that far of a stretch ethnology would be on point here like uh, yeah yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, History of uh, people. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have experience in that, but not on Celtic cultures. Um, but I would say, yeah, I agree. Like, it's a cool name for a song. Um, it really is. But after listening to the lyrics, I'm kind of thinking that it's more about... Um, how would you say it? Because the the feel of the, the text is very different from the clansman if you're about to, com- to compare I think so, them. Yeah. in the clansman it's much more you have this like um, um, this hype just before the battle like um, all these uh, emotions running high people are angry people want to fight here it's much more mellow it's like you're following this Celtic warrior who's he's very much like contemplating about he knows he's gonna die uh, but it's much more like he's praying to god it's it's much more mellow it's much more sad yeah i wanted to and ask the, about that particular thing sorry to cut you yeah. off is he praying to god so. or gods yeah i thought they had uh, more than one deity the Celts, didn't they? Well, seeing as they were around from 300 BC, I doubt they were Catholic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, they hadn't, that wasn't a thing yet, no. Yeah, yeah. so praying to gods, uh, maybe the main god, you know, for us it would be, up here mm-hmm. it would be Odin on, in that case, you know, the main god. But I see a lot of similarities between the, the pagans of Europe. Even if you go down to Italy or Greece, it's a similar vibe uh, to that as well. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think on that note, Fergal? Is it like um, polytheistic? I would imagine so, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone was praying to um, a Christian god at this time. I don't think that... I'm trying to remember when St. Patrick was um, preaching in Ireland. I, I think it was after. Was that the, the guy in the green hat that drank a lot of beer? <laughs> he, no, he killed the snakes, right? He killed all the snakes, rid all the snakes Actually, from Ireland. Yeah. So no, like, it, had to be, it had to be pagan gods. It had to be that type of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, and some, somebody might correct me here, but like, I don't... like. Yeah, it has to be gods, plural, I, I would I assume. I guess you could still pray to one of them. I don't know. 
Uh, you could if you wanted to, yeah. Or else you could just not put too much thought into the lyrics and just think God sounded all right. Yeah, True. So that's probably what he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you talk a lot about Steve lyrics lately. I listened to your episode yeah, <laughs> when you went through Sinjutsu and the way he rhymes and adds uh, now or, uh, uh, you know, or just. just and now to, to just fill out the syllabus. Because he writes, uh, yeah, I mean, he writes the melody first, always. So he has yeah. the, a, a certain definitely, number of syllables, yeah. he has to fill them. Quite often I work that way too, but to be honest, I think the best, uh, my songs with the best lyrics, usually the lyrics are done prior. And sadly that's not yeah. always the case, uh, rather the opposite, but uh, I think when I try to just fill in syllables, it's harder to maintain a poetic quality and a lyri lyrical quality, really. Yeah, I think with Steve he tries to fill a syllable per note sometimes, and I think that's a bit of his downfall. Because a word can stretch over two notes. It doesn't have to be ding 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 ding. You don't have to have a, a word for every single one of those no. notes. But in some cases, he does do that, and I think it's more so in as years have gone on. He's put a put a syllable or a word. Yeah, but note. even like to tame a land, the king of Caliban in the in the sand in the land tomorrow. <laughs> you know, that's also very, good, very, actually. very yeah, much that's following. Good. That's a good point. <laughs> following the baseline, really. Like he writes yeah, lyrics yeah. to a baseline. Stuff like uh, like in the same album, Lost in the Lost World, where there's a couple of longer notes that stretch over several. You know, which is very, yeah. that's also a very rare bird uh, in the sense that you know it's not something. Yeah, but he wrote that with somebody else, didn't he? Or did he? No, I don't think he did. Did he not? Sorry. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, he wrote it on his own. Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking, like with with the name of the song again. Death of the Celts, like, why is it called that? And I'm looking at the text now, and uh, I think maybe it's explained at the end of the song, where he's uh, he's dying, basically. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, God can't explain, bidding farewell, the life I'd have gained, following those who came from hell, came to witness the death of the mm. Celts. Um, I think, like, that might be what the song title is, ref is in reference to, uh, like the spirits who come up from hell to witness, like the mm. Celts dying. Right. Even though... That's a cool scene. They didn't really die. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking, like, if you take a look at uh, the Klansman, and again, I, I don't necessarily know if if he intended these two to be compared that much. Uh, I mean, he obviously, he, he'd have to, you know, he obviously would have had to guess this was going to happen, because for everyone, I've not, I've not heard this referred to, uh, without someone mentioning, you know, the Klansman. But it feels like maybe the Klansman is a young young man's view on battle and war and, you know, that kind of stuff. And this is an older man closer to death's view on war and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was interested in that too, because it's a very typical, like, uh, trait of uh, in Viking stories about the, the pagans up here, that they would happily die in battle. It was uh, yeah. like an honorable death. And I guess I feel the same here with the um, with the chorus line. I, think, I guess that's the chorus. A warrior Celt has no fear, dying immortal. That part, how you like yeah. if you die in battle, that's a good thing. Like that's what yeah. you want to do. And I'm, I'm sure that must have been common in many pagan uh, war cultures because it's very effective. You know, it yeah. would bring down the level of fear significantly because everyone yeah. is happy to just give it give it their all and uh, and die yeah. there if they have to. But the difference here is, like, in the Klansman, he's very, like, it's all this freedom and uh, you're going, like, readily into battle. Where here he's more like, yeah, he says, death is not proud, no more, no, no less. Like, death is basically, it's just what it is. He's not really glorifying it in this song. Hmm. Um, it's more like, but he's still, he's brave and 
he doesn't feel fear of death, I guess, still. Well, there's a thing I I can't remember. This is going to be a great quote because I can't remember who fucking said it. But uh, it was a comedian in regards to something you joke about when you're younger. Like, oh, when I'm, when I'm like 80, I'm going to you know, try heroin because he wouldn't care at that point. It's, but it's quite the opposite because if you're 80, you know you're, you don't have a hell of a lot of time left maybe. So you're, you're, you might be even more careful than you would when you were, you know, 20. Also, you know? you're not going to so enjoy it probably because you're so used no, to so a life without now, it. Kids, that's what we're trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> go home and like, go, go get heroin. It's not a great uh, idea, I think, at 80. <laughs> How can you enjoy it? This is going to be startling no but yeah so the idea is just you know you the the, the illusion of being less fearful of the you know the older you get you know it's it's more on your mind at that point i imagine that the fact that it's an interesting uh, thing actually because now i still get less i get less fearful still by age but i'm i'm just turning 35 actually the day after the, the day before the release of this episode i'm, I'm turning 35 so i'm, oh, I'm not go. that old yet but it's, i still get no. less fearful as days progress but, but also i don't have children yeah. if you have children i think it completely changes your perspective on fear and what you're afraid well, of. So, yeah. Well, maybe, but I think maybe also when, like, yeah, like I said, you know, none of us here are particularly old. Well, you know, let's, let's, Not yet, let's no. revisit this when we're, when we're like, you know, in our 80s. Maybe we'll be a little more worried at that point. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it was always if I was terminally ill, I'd try heroin. Yeah. Not if I was 80. That sounds like I a mean, good I'll idea, be. actually. Like, even my grandpa, he was um, completely sober because of religion. And even him at the end, when he was dying, he just ordered the maximum amount of morphine. <laughs> exactly. Why not? Yeah. And, and I think that was a really good call. Like, that's how you, that's the cushion you want to die on. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. But also, I think also in that situation, if you're like, can I, can I have a heroin? They probably say, no, you can't. This is a hospital. Uh, he was in medicine, uh, so he knew what he could get, you know. I don't think yeah. you, I, I'm not going to. He knew there's morphine. But you know. Availability yeah. is, well, there you go. Yeah. That's fine. Even though he was completely sober. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I only get more fear of death. The older I get, yeah. and I don't have kids either, uh, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just, um, yeah, it's just much more to contemplate. Much more is at stake somehow mm. as you get older. In I a guess. way, yeah. Like you, you yeah. built a, you built a hill, and you might not want to die on it yet. You know. Yeah, no. and also for other people, like your family, they're getting older. They're gonna die yeah. soon. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely a phase of my life right now. So that's like. A, that's complicated yeah. for me. I don't think I'm used to it yet. Like I, I, no, I claim don't. that I'm ready for them to yeah. pass, but uh, yeah, it's probably going to be hard. And it's really that the, the period of life I'm in right now, where my parents yeah, are getting yeah. old, they're getting sick. Yeah. So, yeah, you're not ready for it even when, even when you're, no. you know, even if you're ready for it. I think I don't think so. No. No. Well, Fergal on the on the lyrics, you're kind of a lyric mastermind on this podcast, <laughs> so you must have something, right? I don't actually have much on this. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to read stuff into it, but it seems to be a lot of generic statements about war or being a warrior and sprinkled with bits of religion. And I can't really find any linear storyline or narrative through it. Um, really, like let's say let's compare it to the Klansman, which told a story. It's, or retold a story. Or retold a story, exactly, in song form. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, like, why were thunder over rain, giving me time to think again, send to their graves on this day, silent where the battle dead lay. Like, it, it seems like a lot of war statements, but I, I can't I can't hang my hat on any of it. Um, even the last bit, like, no, falling yeah, now, no. where God can't explain, bidding farewell a lifetime again, following those who came from hell 
came to witness the death of the Celts. To me, there's nothing really tangible here that I can actually say, I think this, I think that, or or even I read into this um, with some other explanation, like I have done with other songs on this. I don't know. It, it just, it doesn't really speak to me lyrically. Uh, yeah, I could agree on that a little bit more now because of Carlotta's uh, vision there of the, the ones that came from hell. I kind of like that. Yeah. And I'm wondering yeah, who, yeah. who's coming from hell. Is it romance or is it other Celts or uh, what is it? You know, because I guess the romance must have been a major adversary. They were already yeah. around, right? Or were they? Yeah. Shit, my history is, is getting weak here. But like, what, what was the main enemy? Dragons. <laughs> they fought dragons, predominantly fighting dragons. Yeah, then you're gonna yes. die for sure. Yeah, so I don't think that's what we're doing. Don't don't, don't anyone send me emails about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I do. It's, this is very sort of broad strokes. It's not really going into like I said. It's very. Um, it's kind of general. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, very general sort of you know, war or whatnot. And I mean, there's some there's some cool lines in it, but it's hard. Like there's no there's no real linear story. I don't think here. I could see the lin. It's as you say, it's broad broad strokes, but yeah. yeah, it has a clear beginning when he's going into battle, and it has a clear exit when he's dying, and in in the time in between that and the text is basically I'm not sure. First is when they're like going up the hill, and he's thinking about. Yeah, his life. And I his like that imagery, though, of going up the hill. I must say, yeah, I like that imagery. Yeah. It's very simple. It's a but little bit nostalgic and um, thinking about his youth and, yeah, thinking about, um, uh, yeah, memories remain and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and But then I guess, like, and maybe you could um, fit that into, uh, like, the music, how it progresses as well. I guess it's not that clear, but I think that the battle must be going underway and he's realizing yeah. more and more that yeah uh, this is not going you know what now because well. we have Fergalon I'm instantly thinking it's not about the Celts it's about Steve again <laughs> like it's about Steve getting older <laughs> and like contemplating uh, actually leaving this life and yeah like the battle he led uh, with the yeah. with this band our maiden it feels like Maybe. another autobiographical, autobiographical like, song in, in hiding. Only I just I finished chatting Maybe. with Andrew about the time machine, and I, I read all sorts of malarkey into that one. Wait till you hear that episode. But um, I like I I, well, I look forward <laughs> to that. Yeah. I can't even find that in this. I wish I could. Like it would be a stretch for me to even think that 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 this song is about that because I just I don't want to criticize Steve too much because I've already done it a lot, and he is still my favorite member of Iron Maiden, and I love most of his songs. In fairness, but. I just find the imagery and the lyrics and even the music at times bland in this one. And it doesn't inspire me mm. to go and try and find hidden meanings because I don't think there are any. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you talked about Sanjutsu with Andrew Dubroy, a common guest on this podcast. Um, Canadian, I think. Ottawa, mm -hmm. must be. And uh, you said that uh, you didn't think that uh, the song... Uh, the title tracks and Yutsu was about Japan or it was just about war in general. Mm. And I can agree with that because I'm not sure if there's any so much tales about walls in Japan and exactly. know, keeping the wall. No, that seems, that seems like more like a China thing. Yeah, exactly. But in that song, I, I kind of enjoy the general approach. Like, I think it, it really works for it. And it's just, it's more about the feeling you would have uh, no matter which nationality or which area of the world you were defending 
Uh, it could be any. Yes. And I think it works It works really well in that song. Um, that's far into the alphabet. So I've said before that that's one of my favorite tracks on the album, and it's been a steady grower. That song has the drama, and it also has the melodies, which this one I don't think does have. So when, when he says yeah. in Senjutsu, we need everyone at the wall, regardless of what he's talking about, I fucking believe him that they do it's need everybody strong. at the wall. It's kind of uh, just like, yeah, get to the wall. bumps level there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need We're, everyone at the wall. There's no hook like that in this song, I don't think. It, it's, it's, it's just, it has a really strong chorus, but also it feels like, uh, you know, they have songs about, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but they have quite a few songs about war and that kind of stuff. Couple. Uh, oh, yeah, just a couple. We can, we'll get to that, you know. Would, would you stop? Follow me for more recipes. Um, <laughs> sorry. But, uh, no, but, uh, no, but, um, I like that Shinjutsu, that the title track seems to be, you know, it is a, obviously a war-themed song, but it seems to be sort of coming from a different angle than they usually do. It seems more like the sort of, like, the sort of exhausted trying to, you know, like, they you know try get, they need more people to walk because stuff's not going well. I don't know, but we'll get to that eventually. It's so just I'm not a gonna, strong line, isn't it? Mm. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's, what, it's cool, but it has, yeah. a sort of, it has a sort of different feel than all their other kind of war songs. And this, you know, it seems the lyrics here maybe are, and again, we're back to Death of the Celts, maybe are... So there's, a, there's a few things in there I like, but it seems they're, 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 there's nothing that really grabs you in the same way that, like, maybe the song that comes after this does. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, it, it seems maybe the sort of theme of the lyrics, and again, I don't know if this is true. This is just a thought I just had now. Maybe he came with the intro, figured that's this, this, this sounds kind of like this, so I should probably get some lyrics about that fit it. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and it didn't really, didn't really pay off, it didn't really work I out. I think it's a. Not a very. Uh, it's an ill-advised. It's an ill-advised move Ill-advised. to do a, a, a to do a sequel song because it's, it always receives more critic that way. Like uh, it really does. Uh, maybe he should have had a completely different theme, to be honest, and just kept yeah, the Celtic and music. It's not just the music that's similar. Like the whole theme is very similar to the Clansman. You, like you, you can not not compare them. Yeah, and the crowd I is mean, sensitive to sequels. You always talk about yeah. the, the tough number two. Like um, Ricky yeah. Gervais talked about that when he made Extras after the in- incredible hit with The Office. Like, Although, in my opinion, that was better. I really yeah, like The yeah. Extras too. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's really good. <laughs> they could have done this theme, but with a complete, like, a complete different song musically. They could have, yep. like, yep. done something different. But this just sounds so much like The Clansman to me. Like, you can't. Just unthink it. And I would say it sounds so much, but still not enough. You know, it's just like yeah. neither here yeah, nor there, uh, in a way. because the Clansman is better. At least yeah, Clansman is an incredible tune. It just is, you yeah. know, it has the vibe, and especially with Blaze singing it, because he has yeah. the voice of an underdog. I find he tries to pepper the lyrics with like old language to make it sound better or more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> walketh and breaketh. Uh, walketh. Yeah. <laughs> walketh, breaketh. Yeah, what's your opinion um, on being an actual English speaker, unlike me? My, he doesn't my, talk like that, you probably understand. No, <laughs> my, but my his, his language, I, can have, I, I think I have better opinions in Old Swedish than Fergal on Old Swedish, right? So I think it's a valid my, my opinion. I, I know, I'm just trying to be a dick. Yeah. My opinion, it, no. Uh, it's that he, he adds those words in that are pretty much meaningless in modern English uh, to make it sound more interesting than it is because really the lyrics aren't that interesting. But if somebody picks up on the word walketh or breaketh, they're like, oh, that's old timey and interesting. Um, And then he uses the word salve, which I didn't understand and I had to actually look up. Um, So that was interesting. Salve. Uh, Yeah. S-A-L-V-E, right? To soothe wounded pride or one's conscience. Um, 
So I did think that was actually interesting, a, a, an interesting cool. choice of word. But in, in general, I think that those words are peppered in the lyrics in order to spice it up yeah. because really it's quite bland. I mean, like when you when you like walketh and breaketh, what it gives it a it gives it a fake feeling of gravitas and like that, yes, that, that, yeah. that not at all it has not at all earned. By most, the rest of much the more articulate than I said it. That's exactly what yeah. it is. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's almost never the case. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, in in first grade of high school when I was sixteen, actually I had hadn't turned sixteen. I was fifteen. We made a black metal song uh, like as a joke because we didn't like that genre, you, you made and we used the walketh. In that one, <laughs> you know? yeah. because it sounded gothic or something. I don't know. So it's just, it's, it's, it's I don't know. Uh, all the trick. It doesn't bother me in the song, but I wanted to ask it, Fergal, it, and it, it, you say it's kind of pointless. That's what I get from it's, you. It's, it's an old Carney trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Oh shit! I wasn't I aiming on this episode being so hard on the song. I was hoping one of you guys I would mean, love it. Just stuff. I like. I like, like I said, it, it's like I was. You know, again, like I said, it, it starts off strong. And I just wish something more happened. It feels like there should be this huge soaring chorus at some point, and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Which, it, which I mean, you know, the, uh, the chorus is pretty good though. The I think I think could be more, could be more but it's also like Formula A. If you listen to Lord of the Rings soundtrack, you have that melody like uh, all the time. I do have many positive things to say about the song, but we just haven't got to them yet. So, oh. <laughs> so they're more musically, I guess, than, than lyrically. <laughs> they are musical, yeah. For in this instance, they are mu- yeah. more musical. More musical. We can move on to uh, music because we, we we don't seem to find too much in these lyrics, sadly. Indeed. If any listener does, please write a long, yeah, long, elaborate letter to MadeNazyPod@gmail.com explaining yeah. why the lyrics are brilliant to you. That'd be a fun read because yeah, I was hoping someone of comment. you would do that. But yeah. Cause it happened here, apparently. <laughs> Not happening in this in this in this in this quartet. No, it seems. <laughs> but again, also like just listening to it now, before I do enjoy it. It's just that I think if we're just sort of, um, I think that it could be a little bit more. Yeah. You know what? To me, it's like there's nothing beneath the hood. So like, I found with a lot of these songs when I've been examining them closely in order to come up with better opinions or, or a decent enough opinion to talk about them on a podcast i found more i found depth to them whereas with this when i look beneath the hood it's like oh there's actually there's nothing there there's, a, there's an old saying and it sort of fits this where, where someone is is all hat and no cattle or all mouth and no trousers there you go you definitely you definitely need your cattle and your trousers in in medieval ireland but that's or all, scotland all is it ireland no or scotland trousers? i asked you before fergal but it's it's both right like the the, the, uh, the celts they could be irish too because well, well, uh, initially yeah, well, I, mean, I thought Irish, they were Scottish. Well, no, it's like spread all over Europe. But like Irish, native Irish is a Celtic language, as is Scottish. Or so, uh, like <clears throat> you might refer all to Celts no trousers. Oh, Celts no trousers. Yeah, so you might refer to Irish as Gaelic, uh, but the rest of the world seems to call it that. We just call it Irish. But um, uh-huh. then there's Scots Gaelic, I think it's called, which is their indigenous language, which even fewer of them speak than than us. But that's a very very similar language. So Celtic languages are kind of spread across, but. It, I don't think they got to England. I don't think England is considered a Celtic country, but Scotland certainly is and Ireland is. And I think that's why we have kind of an affinity with the Scots even to this day, because we're, we're cut from the from the same cloth, you might say. Yeah. yeah. Can you do, can you rock a bit of Gaelic? You can't do that. I can speak fairly fluently in Irish. Oh, yeah. wow, that's pretty cool. Mm. You can. Mm. Then you have to say something. Introduce yourself in, the, in that way. Uh, Fergal Trainer is Anam Dum, is Motlum uh, Heavy Metal, Neil Ain. Uh, Fuckle, uh, Mara Heavy Metal, Askelga, Ak, is, is Motlum 
Alan Kjol, uh, is Matlum Agdolgaji Kjol Quorum, uh, Vime Er Kjol Quorum is Sassana, uh, Kupla, Kupla Vlina Go. Love that. Way better, that was, way that better than this song's lyrics. <laughs> Love that. That's cool. I was saying, uh, my name is Fergal. I like a lot of music. I like heavy metal. There is no word in Irish for heavy metal, but I like going to concerts. And the last concert I was in was in England a couple of years ago. That, that makes me interested. That was, that was is is this common to know this or is, is it you being interested particularly or, you know? Oh, no, you learn Irish in school from the age of four up until the huh. age of 18. Really? I didn't yeah, know but, this until but, today years old. A lot of today years old. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people still leave school with a terrible understanding of Irish. One because they're probably not too interested in it themselves, and two because a lot of schools have terrible Irish teachers. I was lucky enough to go to a good primary school that had good Irish teachers, and in secondary school, in my secondary school, it was a, it was deemed an important subject as well. But like other people have different education backgrounds where it mightn't be seen as like for example when i went into secondary school at the age of 12 there were people in my class who couldn't construct a sentence in irish whereas i would have been more fluent than i am now <laughs> yeah i mean and that was when i was that age but 12. i like that it, that gives you like a bit of a headway towards other anglos that only know english like uh, you still have a bit of that cultural part of language like uh I do with Swedish, uh, like I'm half Finnish, I don't know Finnish, so I kind of skipped out on that part, or rather my mother did, because she left Finland for a reason, so she wasn't really yeah. looking back too much, but, uh, and I, I don't really miss that, but had I not had Swedish aside of English, I would have felt I missed something, I think, but that's obviously mm. from coming from my context, so I like that, that you can, you keep that language for culture, if anything, it doesn't really have to be for communication, you know. It's cool, it's like a good party trick, I mean, maybe not there, but. Definitely here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Definitely yeah. here. So, like, in, in the Leaving Certificate, which is our final school exam, um, I did higher level Irish, which is oh, the high, cool. highest you can you can do. There's, like, there's, um, what is there? There's uh, Leaving Cert Applied, which is the lowest, then there's Ordinary Level, then there's Higher Level. And in Higher Level, I got, like, a B3, which is equivalent of 70% in the final exam, so. You did well. Yeah. yeah. But that's... Well done. That's 17 years ago now, so <laughs> a lot of that has left me. But thanks anyway, made the lyrics uh, segment more interesting. Steve didn't help us too much there <laughs> this time. <laughs> but yeah, I guess to conclude the lyrics, I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're, they, they, I don't think they're cringy. Perhaps the walketh and breaketh could uh, level on to push the cringiness. But uh, I, think, I think they're okay. But uh, I'm just thinking like, we're going to move into the music. But I'm just thinking like, maybe even Steve could have edited himself here. And just like, I've got three other epics. Do I really need to release this one? I could mm. keep it to myself. I can listen to it. I can send it to my friends on the Google Drive. <laughs> but do I have to put it on Sanjutsu? It's, it's like uh, it's the only one song that maybe could have been chopped away of the album. You know what would have been nice, actually? And a lot of bands have done this recently, is if they had have released Writing on the Wall and maybe um, Stratego and then released a little EP and had this as a bonus track or something like that. Yeah. 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 Non-album track. Yeah. yeah. And then waited a bit longer to release the album. And people would never have complained about Death of the Celts as a non-album track. They would have exactly. liked it. No, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It depends yeah. on the context in which it's released. Like, you'd, you'd be basically comparing this to all of their other B-sides and it would be the greatest B-side they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I recall saying that all the way back in Alchemist. I said, this song could have been a seven-inch vinyl exclusive. And then The Alchemist would have been a killer track. It would have been really cool. But on the album, does it serve a function? In my opinion, no. 
I think I like the alchemist more than I like this. Right, maybe I was echoing that subconsciously, but I, I'd forgotten you said that. So. But that, if that would have happened, the song would have really, it would have stood on its own. Yeah, more, more than it does, yeah. And you wouldn't really compare it. Maybe you wouldn't even compare it to the Clansman as much. I'm not sure. And think of the artwork they could have done for like the Death of the Celts EP. Great. Yeah. Um, and then they could have been like, right, here's Senjutsu, different album. So many ways they could have done it, but I, I think Steve is... I guess we love this about him. He's never second guessing. He's just going forward. He's just forward, forward, forward. We love it and we kind of sometimes make fun of it and Bruce probably gets annoyed by it. But uh, it's a fact, isn't it? Or what do you think, Fergal? Well, that, that, that has served him well. Like, I mean, Iron Maiden wouldn't be where they are today without him and Bruce and Rod, I'll say as well, and Adrian, if you're going in ascending order or descending order. But like, um, it's really mainly Steve. We all know that. And He's always just done whatever the hell he wants, mo mostly. And Iron Maiden are probably the second biggest heavy metal band in the world. So why would he ever doubt his own judgment? That's very true. I, th I think that, um, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's paid off so far. So there's no reason to, you know, if it's not broken. Yeah. You know. Even Greg said when he said that he wished Steve gave him a partial fuck or at least an FU instead of, you know, just not caring at all. He said that mm -hmm. maybe then I wouldn't have liked him as much, which is a very yeah. sound ad addition to that rant. Like uh, maybe the reason I like him is because he's not giving, really giving a fuck. He's just doing it. An absolute mm -hmm. doer, isn't he? And he's an absolute doer. But I guess even Bruce is in a, in a different way. But yeah. I think you need to have that kind of attitude. Like for instance, like you don't probably get a song like Rhyme Nation Mariner if you do, if you have, if you're too worried what people are going to think. You, yeah. That, especially yeah. back then. That, 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 yeah. So, you know, there's so much stuff that, there's so much gold that's come out of that that maybe every now and again when it's not, you know, this, this is not bad. It's just not, you know, amazing. Maybe that's fine considering all the good stuff we have got. It's worth taking the risk. Taking the risk, yeah. And now, now that you address uh, Rhyme, I have to say, because you addressed it before in one of our shows that uh, people have problems with long songs now, but they had no problem with Rhyme. I didn't yeah. comment on it then, but I have to say that Rhyme is a different beast. It's just different. It's it starts off, there's I, no I, I, mellow I intro. It just kicks in. It's a way different structure, so I think it's not contradictive to love rhyme and have a problem with the long songs now. Just to kind of level no. with the listeners here that might have disagreed with that statement, because I, I sort of disagree with it. I think rhyme is a very different composition. No, it is a very different one, but if you're just commenting on length and not, you know, not quality within, which is what was the thing. They, they say, when, they're, when they're saying they write two long songs nowadays, that's just commenting on the length. So yeah, I mean, underlining that, that comment could be all right, fine. too long for their quality. <laughs> but yeah, I think well, when people comment on that, they, they are commenting on the quality, but they maybe yeah, aren't yeah, I know, but expressing just, just it exactly just, you know, that yeah. way. Like, um, But Rhyme the Ancient Mariner is like three fast songs in one, and none of them outside are welcome. That's very true. <laughs> fine, I'm going to go get a beer. I'll be right back. I'm only comparing this to the Clansman. That's everything I've said <laughs> yeah. so far is just comparing this to the Clansman. Whatever. Um, but still, like, the Clansman is giving me... It's more personal uh, to me. Yeah. It's much more personal somehow uh, because it has so much rage in it. I guess you kind of get the sense of, like, the main core of the song. Rather than here, it's just... Yeah, it's kind of... And also, yeah. uh, Steve had some help there doing Clansman. Because there yeah. was a movie done. Mm. Yeah, they could build on that, exactly. I watched it for Maiden A to Z purposes, and yeah. I was surprised that I actually enjoyed it. 
Because I thought it's, it would it's be. It's a fucking fantastic film. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I, mean, I really liked it. Yeah, it was a really, really big, good. yeah. Simplistic. Maybe, maybe that's also why this kind of, if you're basing, a, you're writing a song, having been inspired by, you know, a really good, you know, uh, movie that, you know, you know, then if, if you're coming from that, then maybe it's hard to go wrong. Also, the mm. sort of the, the, you know, the, the thing, the, the the freedom bit in mm. Klansman is, yeah. you know, just, it's, it's literally just lifted right from the movie. So. Yeah. And maybe so that's, that's also you know, what you like if you have Braveheart as a reference when you, mm-hmm. like, back back in your mind, um, maybe subconsciously, when you're listening to The Clansman, it also gives you more yeah. of a feel to it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, I guess we've been on the lyrics enough this time, and we could move on to the, to the music of it. Classic intro with a bit of that off, off throw in the rhythm. I like that that yeah so i actually really like this intro yeah, me too uh the synth works yeah this is the part where i actually like the synths in the song even this bit this bit is uh, my favorite part of the song i think because i just it has a sway you know yeah. that kind of feeling very gentle it's very it, it's very clansman but it, it's still good Nico counting. I think they've already switched tempo once and they're about to switch tempo again. Mm. This is all good. This, this, stuff, this stuff's great. I think he must have started here. I think this must have been the origin of the, of the, of the tune. Obviously, that's never going to be a proven guess, but. I would say at this point, when he had this riff, he painted himself into a corner, decided to call it Death of the Celts, yeah. and had to write lyrics. Yeah. Sounds then, very reasonable. Yeah. yeah. I like this riff. And now yeah. we're going to a proper um, three feel. Oh, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Which is common in uh, actually both our folk music styles, both the, the Celtic and the Nordic. There's a lot of three yeah. feel. Actually, here I'm kind of sold. I'm happy yeah, at this yeah. point. I like this. It starts really good. The beginning, it starts really good. Remember now that doing so proud and God we trust. Cry it out loud. Redeem myself. This is actually my favorite part of the song. Walketh. Quite literally. <laughs> Quite literally. No drums here, but still has such a rhythmic feel. This is great still. This is, yeah, still, it's still, there's a lot of promise here. It's going, you know. I'm going to pause it there. Like we're th- yeah. we're three minutes in, and I, I so far I really feel it. I think it's uh, it's aiming for even more Celtic than uh, yeah, than the Clansman. I really feel it too. But right at the exact moment you stopped, that's where I kind of yes. I kind of lost interest a little bit. Like okay, it's the same thing over and over and over and over. Yeah. Like, Probably a reason it's, it's why I stopped it then. <laughs> like it's, I was yeah. really enjoying yeah, it up until then, and I didn't want to risk. <laughs> When, yeah. he, when he goes into Wayward Thunder over again, like yeah, around that point, okay. it's just, it's like, all right, okay, where is this going, yeah. actually? Yeah. It becomes a bit trodding, I guess. It's trodding mm-hmm. a word. I use it carelessly. 
trodding. Podding, I think Maybe I, I, I just came up with trodding, I think. It doesn't exist in the language, but... Well, are we sure you can make it exist? It means like... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like car just carrying on, you know, because uh, <laughs> yeah. like you said, after this point, this is the three-minute mark. It goes into more of that. I'm going to say trotting again. So any user has to get used to that word, if it exists or not. Trotting. It's trotting. Like, <laughs> like trotting. Oh, again, ride and rain, ride and rain, ride and rain. Is that going to be the new lies and lies and lies? Maybe. But like, it's hard to be that one. But, uh, you know, it's like rain, 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 rain. A bit autopilot, I have to say. Yeah, it's it's like it's like there's like instructions for certain things. We all say it, repeat as needed, and then it's like maybe that's what happened here. Like you should you know just do it as many times as you want. Yeah, I think that if you, I think I'm okay if things taking their time, and I'm okay with things they're being repetitive and whatnot. If there's sort of a purpose and they're sort of going somewhere at some point, uh, like for instance, again I'm gonna compare it to the very next song on this album. The parchment is also has a lot of repetitive stuff and is hypnotic, but it it does have there's more of a journey there. Stuff actually does happen in that. This is just, it doesn't really go anywhere, I feel. I think it peaks musically in the first three minutes of the song, and I think it's kind of <sighs> plodding, I would use, <laughs> from, from that point What downwards. was that word? I might learn here. Plodding. Plodding. That's what I always I mean, wanted to say, it's plodding, it's not trotting. But yeah, yeah there I you go, said the sweet. there a minute ago, but I don't think you heard it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> slow and laborious, going nowhere. Laborious is a good word. Uh, is what plodding really means. And um, I think... It's a, it's a rare example of a song which starts out really strong and then goes like that. Yeah. Whereas we're used to them kind of starting out kind of da, 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 and it goes whoa. Yeah, and it's, yeah. And yeah that's what I was thought, Especially what I was the like, way he writes. Uh, we call it yeah. the, Hi the Harry's Pyramid. You start here, you work your way up, yeah. and then you calmly wake your way down. But in this case, yeah. the pyramid maybe would have looked like this. Yeah. You start up and it's all just building and then yeah. it's just a slow death of the Celts. Two songs come to mind and I don't know who it's, I think Adrian Smith might have co-wrote one of them, but um, the, the Out of the Silent Planet and the Tin Line Between Love and Hate and Brave New World, like, it starts out really strong and you think, whoa, that, you can't get any better than that. And then at the end, you're like, Jesus Christ, how did that happen? Yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. Whereas this is like, it starts out really good and then it goes dip and you're like, all right, it's going to get yeah, good. And then it just never quite delivers on that. Blast. And yet, like a fast again. bit at the end or a really melodic bit at the end or, or better still, a really melodic fast bit at the end, but it doesn't have that. Yeah. And actually, the chorus is, is nothing really mm. to write home about either. I mean, if, if, it, if you could even call it a chorus, it's... I wouldn't even call it a chorus. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. It took me some time to decide what is the chorus. Mm. But that's not the sign of a good chorus. No, but I mean, <laughs> it actually did in, in um, rhyme as well. But then it did it in an enticing way, in an interesting way. Like, which of all these cool hooks in Rhyme of Ancient Mariner could be the chorus? And you could... Uh, mm. It was almost on a level of, like... Uh, um, um, kind of a university level you could just uh, you had to go back to old music and see what was the chorus before the pop chorus what would it entail and in the case of mm -hmm. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner um, an old chorus I studied a bit of music history an old chorus was not about the, the sing-along part or the repeating part but it was about the essence of the song and uh, our friend Axel in Maiden Podden said that in uh, Rhyme it could have been the and this chips goes on and That's on it. and on. That summarizes the, the track lyrically. Yeah, yeah. lyrically. So musically, it might not pop like a, a pop chorus, but it summarizes the song. And I guess it would have been the same aim here with uh, Warrior Celt Has No Fear. But uh, I completely agree with you uh, that it's, it was hard to even pinpoint is this the peak? Mm -hmm. Because, like, as we're discovering now in real time, maybe the song peaks in the first part, the first three minutes. Yeah. So here's the chorus. 
pretty weak. Very weak. The problem is there's absolutely no hook. There's no hook in the entire song. And, and that line as well, immortal for he will live evermore. Come on, Steve. <laughs> yeah. So you've got the first solo going here. Adrian. Subdued, yeah. Good solo. So, yeah, I think that's a fantastic solo by Adrian. It's You can pick out every note from it. It's fucking... It, it stands out from the, the rest of the song. And then it goes into what I call the Tin Lizzy Emerald part of the song. Exactly. <laughs> Very Tin Lizzy. At least two minutes, it's playing Emerald there. Like, I mean, their take on it. Yeah. I like this, though. In, in all its kind of... It's not cool, but I like it. Yeah. There's a vintage or matinee quality, I think. Yeah, very matinee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> word. At this point, we're six minutes in, and the part from three minutes to six minutes had some qualities, I would say. Like, it wasn't crap. It's not the vocal crap. part there maybe got a... The vocal part maybe went a bit plodding again. But then the Thin Lizzy part is is alright, I think. I'm a big Thin Lizzy it's fan. It's alright, but to me it's just... It's kind of staling a little bit. Like, it's... A bit boring, a maybe? Bit, it's like, it's not getting there. It's just the same thing over and over again. <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me. A lot of yeah. repetition. And sometimes yeah. that's okay, but it's just like, yeah, maybe I wanted it to explode more, I guess, in the song, and it just doesn't yeah. happen. I think I think you have three songs in this album, or this, this album closes out three songs who do not have a very traditional song structure in any one of them, and uh, it works on two of them. It doesn't work really mm -hmm. perfectly well on the third one. Maybe, you know, yeah, they could have... because as you said earlier, Eric, I totally think that it works in the parchment. Yeah, Definitely. Because it has a I different agree. kind of vibe to it. Like, you get into it straight away. Yeah. At least for me. The parchment has more in uh, interesting instrumental mm. sections. And I think where this falls down is that even though that bit we just listened to is, isn't bad, it's not, um, it's certainly not, it's not um, something you go away thinking about. It's not memorable. Let's say. Exactly. Yeah. But if you, yeah. I mean, if you take the parchment, even because when I was when I was just you know before we started this thing, was listening to uh, uh, the last like three tracks over and over again. Um, the parchment, I mean, you know, riff riff wise, there's there's more shifts on this. There's a lot of stuff that happens. Riff wise, the, the parchment is you know if you're not if you're not really paying very much attention, it's very hypnotic. It's very mm -hmm. sort of long and droning kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But somehow more stuff happens there. Yeah. Anyways. Well, the, the parchment seems to repeat the same bit over and over again, but they add a layer to it each time. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Which yeah. I really appreciate. Whereas with this, it kind of got jumps around yeah. the place and yeah. does the Tin Lizzy bit, which I like. I actually, really like that bit. But it's like, yeah. like in in the. I thought we'd go back to Thin Lizzy for a yeah. bit. Yeah. Actually, and not even Emerald. Right. Uh, that's would be an obvious choice, but I'm going to play this tune and let's see if you find some similarities here. Black Rose. Yeah. 
and uh, I always figured this rhythm is a perfect uh, beer rhythm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, this is a lot better. <laughs> I love this. Oh, I think this is that's good stuff. Oh, what a band. Oh. I mean, this is the song Death of the Celts wishes it could be. So much energy. They were younger. Yeah, that is very true. <laughs> yes, by about three decades. <laughs> this is delightful. I, over I overuse that word, I think. <laughs> it is actually delightful. Yeah. Delightful is a word us old guys uses, use to explain when we're happy about things. <laughs> Here, so I heard you're coming to Ireland. You have to get a photo with the, the Phil Linnet statue. Yes. It's mandatory. We do. We do. <laughs> Me and the Eric's coming over. <laughs> It's a plan. Yeah, I think I it's mean, a plan it's not now. Particularly expensive. We could do this pretty, pretty easily. There we go. Yeah. No, we should. But uh, yeah, we just listened to Thin Lizzy. That was always a bit, almost a bit mean to Steve Harris because it's just clearly so much better. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like it's just. Uh, but I do love Thin Lizzy. You know, so it's. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm biased. But well, uh, you know what? It, I should be biased towards Maiden as well. Early so. Iron Maiden was just as good as a lot of Thin Lizzy. Um, Definitely. But uh, yeah, that this said, I kind of I kind of like the super super Irishy parts of, yeah, it's, of it's the fun. death of the Celts. But I guess I think uh, one thing I never put as succinctly as Fergal did now is that this song has uh, zero hooks. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't have claimed that. Uh, I'm lending it from you, but I think it's true. It lacks hooks. Yeah. The things I notice most are vocals and hooks and lyrics. And um, to be honest, I didn't find any anything inspirational in any of those three categories on this song which is why i don't really like it um and that's the problem like, like you've been really good at keeping this from me as well because up until recording this i thought you might be a champion for the song <laughs> so interesting i like that i like that but see yeah. if, if if the vocals are really good or spectacular i can forgive the lyrics if the lyrics are really good i can forgive the vocals and if there's a catchy hook i can forgive both but the, this doesn't have any of them unfortunately uh, and it's the only song on the album, I think, which doesn't have at least one of those three. Mm. Yeah. And you said before you don't pay much attention to drums, for example, no. in general. And I think I do a lot, but even doing that, they also don't bring that much to it. Nico hyped this tune, but I'm, I'm thinking Nico is smarter than he pretends to be. So he kind of hypes weaker tunes just to... <laughs> To pull up the overall, you know, he's like pushing his energy into making you like a weaker song more. Sometimes I think, but also he's the guy that always says that the next, the newest album is the best. Exactly. So far. He's been saying that since uh, Dance of Death, and I've read every bloody I, media uh, interview he's done. Every every bloody song, yeah, everybody years, album. Like he's the same thing. He's like, I oh, know I said this last time, right? Oh, but this one is definitely <laughs> the best album. And you're like, I don't believe <laughs> you. Album. But I respect that. Here's a here's a weird. I respect that. Here's a weird thing though, because he got like I think it was on iTunes. Or some such thing. So there was the thing where there's, uh, for the songs there, uh, Bruce had sort of done like comments on all the songs, except for this song for some reason. So there's a little mm. like, I don't know that, I, I don't know that has anything to do, you know, I don't think that. A wild guess on my part is that Bruce was not terribly involved in this track. He just did his job well. Yeah, but um, but but it seems weird they wouldn't have him comment on it at all. That seems, that because that makes it weird. I don't know where this was. And I, and this is sort of like, I, I'm not, I'm not sort of, this was I saw this on the the uh, Maiden the fan club forum uh, somewhere if I recall, um, but I, I don't really remember. I should I should probably have checked that out before I. What do you think, Carlotta? Do you think uh, Bruce was very involved, or do you think he just 
did his part well. I and think he did it. his part and he did it well. But I don't really see anything of Bruce in this. I actually, and this is me comparing it to the Clansman again. I was, when I was listening to this, preparing um, for this episode, I like, it, it came to me like, I wonder what it would what it would have sounded like if Blaze sung this. And yeah. I just I kind of pictured it again, like, hmm. um, and uh, I don't know how involved Blaze was in the, in the Clansman. I'm guessing he he wasn't that involved. He al- he also came in and did his part, right? Where am I wrong? Probably, but um, you never yeah. know about this. Uh, no, it's all guessing yeah. from my part. Like I. I sometimes claim to know how they wrote the song. Obviously, yeah. I don't. Like, there's no <laughs> way to know that. But that's to me. I <laughs> yeah, think exactly. You can clearly, here in songs when Bruce has been involved, yeah. he sings much more from the heart and is yeah. much more like in tune yeah. with his emotions in the songs he's written, for example. But but he does this really well. The vocals are great. Uh, but it's just like yeah, he's 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 doing what he's told basically. I don't think he was that involved. I agree. I think like Bruce's stamp is over a lot of different songs on this album. And even you can see his stamp on the live version of The Clansman from Rock and Rio. Mm. But you cannot see Bruce's stamp on this song at all. No. It's, it's nowhere to be found. There's not a there's not a nice warm vocal melody. There's not a particular line. There's nothing really that has Bruce's stamp on it. I think other than Steve, this is most uh, mostly the stamp of Adrian because he did that first standalone solo. And then he also finished the solo triplet. That comes later. Mm. So I think he he put more into the song, and um, obviously, like I don't think he's done a single bad solo. I think maybe "Can I Play with Madness" is uh, his worst solo because it's too short. But uh, yeah, we've been on that song, and I didn't mention it, so opportunity missed. But uh, normally, he always makes the song better yeah. by his solos, and the fact that he has two in this song, it does make the song a bit better. Like mm. if they play this live, uh, I'm gonna ask you too. But for me, I'd be okay with that. It wouldn't be like, oh, fuck, here we go, 10 minutes of waiting or toilet break. I still think that uh, also Peter, uh, formerly of Inflames, now Odin and Brewery, told us that he uh, felt that Senjutsu was better than Book of Souls, but he said he was sure that the Book of Souls songs would work great live. And, he, and that was like his main, one of his main points about why it's his favorite band of all time, that they write songs that work live. Mm. And I think even this one... I wouldn't be that bummed out. No, I would love to hear this live. Maybe it will come alive in a different way than it does. I think, I think it would, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. There's two people in this band that practice. You guys know who? Adrian and Nico. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know the that. Others that was a complete guess. <laughs> a complete guess, but yeah, a qualified guess, I guess. You know. Adrian and Nico are the only ones also that have a backstage Metallica-style practice room. Right. Mm. where they sit and practice. Nico with a much smaller kit than he usually does, and uh, Adrian with a much smaller amp. But Adrian is just there ripping blue solos and stuff just to get, to get in it. And Adrian is also the guy that practices the whole live set when, when, it's, uh, when it's set in stone. He puts it in a playlist, he plays it through every day. Because he's oh. just that kind of guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I have heard Bruce saying he listens to the playlist in the shower and stuff. Um, listens, yeah. <laughs> and sings along with Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner and stuff like that. Yeah, like he, he pulls a note here and there. But uh, yeah, not complaining though. Bruce, uh, but Bruce's fairness, delivery like, on stage is great. Bruce must have to practice because he never misses a lyric ever. No. no That's true. So he's, he's really good at that. To, because, I mean, like you're, you're the, talking about how many verses are there in Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. like Red and the Black. 
Or, like a brand new tune, her pounds of lyrics. Yeah, I don't like how it be the name. There's tons of stuff in there. He's never used a teleprompter or anything like that, no. so he he must have to learn those things off by heart. Like well, we talked about that. Like I don't remember man. which episode we talked about the teleprompters. It must have been you know in accordance with the Aussie battle and the, the Sharon battle. Yeah, we, we, we did it. We talked about it when uh, Greg was on uh, for yeah. Uh, and I said that uh, he probably always wanted to be a non-teleprompter guy, but I think he to kind of uh, give himself some energy for that, he started slagging off people that use his teleprompters. So he could like, never I'm go gonna, back I'm to those words. Put, <laughs> like, I'm going to put all this effort in. I made an example of him uh, laying yeah. uh, in bed at night. He's about to fall asleep and he realizes, shit, I need to learn Red and the Black for live. And then he thought, okay, I'm going to do that. But the pain I'm suffering from doing that, I'm going to take out on Ozzy. <laughs> I'm going to take that out actually, on, on actually, Rob Halford. Halford as well. I'm going to slag him off yeah. because this is painful to me. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting my hard hard labor into this so i'm gonna slag off the guys that don't fun, fun. Which, uh, uh, yeah he did screw up one thing because that, that's interesting you mentioned that because when i saw them in and uh, you know apparently uh, at least three of us here were uh were, were at this uh, the gothenburg gig 2006 17 i guess would have been um, 16 16 there you go sorry he did screw up a line in red and black Okay, I don't. He was going to start the whoa, whoa, whoa before, and then he it was not there, and he, you know, he sort of laughed it off. Well, uh, to be fair, he had just recovered from cancer. Yeah, we'll give him that. I also noticed, like, what's the word for that in English, uh, Fergal? Like, when you do theater, there's a guy sitting underneath a hatch, and he gives uh, the line or the start of a line if the, the actors forget it. In Swedish, it's souffleur. That's mm. the word for it. Um. Don't know of the word, sorry, I don't know it. But I noticed he did that to himself in Red and the Black, because if you listen to live chapter, before the, the verse that starts with meanwhile, he goes, meanwhile? <laughs> Just kind of reminding himself, <laughs> this okay, is the, the yeah, verse that yeah, starts yeah. with meanwhile. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a souffleur would do, whatever uh, that is in English. A souffleur. 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 Why, why, why don't I go uh, and check this? what this is? Souffleur. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm going to give him some credit here. He gets a lot of lyrics right and new songs. He does. He long does. He songs. does. Yeah. Probably better than anyone that okay. I can think of. It, Very it, impressive. It doesn't sound fancy in English. It's well. called prompter in English. A prompter. Uh, well, okay. That's like just, uh, just a, a non, non teleprompter. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so the teleprompter would be like TLS of Fleur. Yeah. <laughs> mm. on this episode being so negative. I'm gonna get my second hate mail. <laughs> you get mail? I thought it was just a... Just a uh, it was just Instagram. I, I did send you Antrax in a letter. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Ho- Hope you received it well. Death of the Swedes. <laughs> one by I one. Hope, I hope this Anthrax finds you well. <laughs> I've decided to sort of change the way I look at this song. The way I look at this song, because when you mentioned Lost for Words, I thought, huh, that's interesting. So well, that's now like I'm gonna, 15 seconds, though. 
but well, still. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to look at the song as an instrumental that happens to have a few lyrics in it. But the uh, thing uh, is that the vocals are the kind of the best part of well, it. No, I know, but it just it, yeah, uh, it's it's more, just, it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. What can we say, Fergal? What can we say? Can you say something good about the song? <laughs> just be a bit positive. Okay, I will say a couple of good things about this song. It has uh, it has some nice guitar, has some nice riffing, has some decent solos. And actually, I think the keys, which people keep harping on about on this album, I think they actually give it a lift uh, in the later section of the song. I agree. Um, and it's way, way better than bad songs on other albums. For example, Weekend Warrior or The Apparition. <laughs> uh, yes. Or, um, I don't know... What else could you say? <laughs> Mother Russia. It's better than Mother Russia, I think. Better, better than Mother Russia, yeah. It's it's better than all those yeah. duds from the 90s, without a shadow of a doubt. To me, it's even better than Speed of Light. It's better than El Dorado. Um, Wildest Dreams. It's better than Wildest Dreams. So there you go. You have a, like six or seven songs that it's definitely better than. So it's not an absolute dud or a throwaway song. But I think with me, as I said, it didn't live up to the expectation i created in my own head and that's part probably mm. my fault when i saw the song titles i was like oh yes this is going to be brilliant and it wasn't brilliant and yeah. that's unfortunate but it's not terrible it's just it's middle of the pack for me and yeah, i must agree i must agree but also the, saying that this and actually last uh, week or two weeks back we did days of future past which is my other least favorite song mm. for way different reasons because it was one of my favorites on first listen it just didn't grow and and and, and with this tune I wanted it to be so good. So on the first listen, I actually really enjoyed this track. And I wrote to people, this is a Celtic epic done right. And, you know, just uh, being hyped. And uh, like on account of what Eric said, that if you do the breakdowns too early, you may be in the hype of the new, the pleasure of the news, as we call it here, <laughs> which makes <laughs> no sense in English, but you know by now. And uh, it's just like, uh, I really, really, really wanted this song to be good. Of all the songs in the album, this is the yeah. one I wanted to be good yeah. the most. And I guess that also kind of that kind of sends me into a bit of a disappointment. But Isn't disappointed it? is too much of a strong word for me. Actually, is like I'm not actually disappointed, but I'm let down a bit. Oh yeah, I was thinking track. of that exact phrase. Yeah, let down. But yeah, do you know I'm what I, I feel down. more so than anything else? I need to manage my own expectations more than anything else. Mm. Yeah. That goes for life in general. Yeah, mm. but it does. Yeah. But like, I don't know if you you're, you're living in Sweden, but the, are you aware of the like magician illusionist Darren Brown? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he says something like, um, "I don't know. I'm paraphrasing here, but like, if you expect the worst or if you expect mediocrity, you'll always be impressed." Um, and but I will never expect the worst with this band. This is our. But, oh, let, let's expect then mediocrity. Let's expect something that's passable or mm-hmm. um, tolerable. And if you do, I, he 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 articulates it a lot better. It's in one of his books, actually. Sorry, I'm not I'm not doing a. Uh, proper justice here but um basically if you if your expectation uh, do you know what he says lower ec- you lower your expectations and you'll never be disappointed yeah which I is actually say, what again says. i wouldn't say i was disappointed I, just I, let down i was really okay lower hoping, your expectations and you'll never be let down i was really hoping that story was gonna go like like we what the story was a sad story but you finding out he's not really doing magic and that was a story <laughs> i don't know why they're been fun but i know but, that uh, <laughs> yeah i know but it would have been really funny if that was a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, no, like I guess I'm, you're, I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans of all time. Oh yeah, so he's, he's cool. Yeah, I yeah, already yeah, know. Yeah. I already know. I guess you already said Carlotta. Pretty much, you already said. But uh, let's summarize it. Yeah. Uh, this song: expectations, uh, impressions, uh, verdict. 
Expectations? I didn't really have any expectations. I guess I was in the mindset of lower your expectations because I wasn't that impressed with Book of Souls. So I was a little bit of like, okay, yeah. let's see where this goes. Mm. And it turned out the whole album um, blew my mind, actually, because it was so good. I, I actually didn't expect it to be so good, uh, but it really was. And it's just that this song, to me, is kind of... In comparison to the other songs, it's a little bit weaker, just because it's too rep- repetitive, I guess. Yeah. That's just, it. my attention kind of wanders away after a while. But there are some really great stuff in it, which you already mentioned. Uh, it's yeah. not a bad song at all. It's a pretty, it's a decent song. It's a good song. But just in comparison, it kind of yeah. fades away a little bit for me. What about over repetitive listens? My first listen, my, my dif- most difficult songs were Time Machine and Lost in the Lost World, both which I really dig at this point. Let's see what I think about them when we actually reach them, but uh, I really dig them now. Uh, so they grew. Yeah. A, a lot of, of Senjutsu was growing for me, the title track especially. Uh, I didn't really register yeah. at first, and then now it's one of my favorite Maiden tunes. It really is. It's like, uh, we'll get to that in a while, mm. but uh, I really, really like that song, and I have many points on how to kind of elaborate on why I do. But uh, yeah, I guess this song is just face value and it stays there and maybe shrinks a little bit over time even uh, compared to other songs. It's just, uh, it's yeah. this, this is the death of the Celts. It's what it is, you know. I really, I liked it more. Uh, the first couple of lessons I gave it, but then it just yeah. became too like, yeah, there's not that much going on here as in comparison to other songs. But for me, um, Days of Future Past is actually one of the songs that I didn't really got into. At first listens, but that one has grown for me. Oh, okay. So it's kind of the opposite. I'm, I'm sure we're done with this song, and I'm sure we agree that it's not on the list. No. Mm. No. It just seems that way. Uh, I was wondering before, because I was thinking, like, am I going to be the only one of three to say it's not on the list? Is it going to be on the list? Like, is it going to be some enthusiasm here? But I was a bit surprised that uh, you almost like it less than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, I, it's, no. not, it's not on the list for me, no. No, no, I, I, no, it's not. But um, I, like I said, I, I, it's it's. I want to stress again. You know, we've focused a lot on the negative here, but I, I still enjoy. It. There's a lot of things. There's stuff on the list I like less. Mm. There are, but not too many. I mean, I case. think I can. Not I mean, too many. Well, maybe a two or <laughs> three. Or something. Yeah. Justification for having the list. Uh, but also, yeah, well, no, exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, but, the list is for fun. I might add. You know, it's definitely not. Well, as we discussed, uh, I don't like fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I I feel you there, though. I'm a kindred spirit. I'm also I'm always serious, even when I'm yoke, joking. You know, <laughs> like, exactly. not, nothing is a joke. Yeah. Many a true word said in jest. We have you here, and we're finalizing our catching up in alphabet uh, with Senjutsu. I'm very happy about that because, mm-hmm. to be honest, I'm a bit tired of discussing Senjutsu at this point already. Like, I want to give it a rest, and I want to talk about the old maiden stuff. So I'm happy at being at this point. But that led me to the question for you, Fergal, and for you, Charlotta. Like, um, you're here. Uh, you've been in the ramp-up. Fergal was in the episodes. Charlotta was in the record shop. Like, we've all been, like, building up to this. So I really, I kind of want your general opinions on, on this album before we head back to our intenary. Yeah. So, for me, this is probably the best album since... Um, now I, I'm losing the title. Uh, um, the album that came after, um, Dance of Death. 
Matter, matter of, of Life and Death. Yes. Yeah. This is this is the best album since A Matter of Life and Death, for sure. Um, and I would say it's because A Matter of Life and Death is one of my favorite albums. Um, but this is kind of in a tie. My all-time favorite is Brave New World. So, and uh, this is Empower Slave, but this is in, it's, it's almost in there in the top already so soon. There are a lot of long songs, there are a lot of epics, and uh, you really, really need to get into this album. And I have to give it a lot of more time, I feel, but there are already many songs. Um, like, I can listen to this for repeat on repeat on repeat, and I, I haven't been able to do that with the latest couple of Maiden albums. I think there has been many good songs, but not that I wanted to listen, necessarily listen to the whole album in, in like its order and its set. But I really yeah. want to do that every time I listen to this album because it just connects very well, in general. Um, and so yeah. far, it's I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Before going to Fergal, I was gonna say that um, uh, the sentiment I I really agree with. Uh, for me, best since Brave New World, probably. And I'm a big fan of Brave New World. And uh, also, I agree with you, Carlotta. We haven't talked about Book of Souls before, but I agree with you that uh, that was not my album at all. It has grown over time, though. I've, I see many qualities in it. It's definitely a, a good Iron Maiden record. But for me, uh, this still kind of hits me in the head by being better. Yeah. And by being a stronger album and by having a lot of... Just a feeling of uh, a band that is still vital yeah. at the 17th album. And I mean, I'm yeah. a big fan of classic rock. So I have a few of those bands in there that have released uh, mm. a dozen and more. And not many can keep this integrity yeah. this quality i mean either or either you lose your integrity or you lose your quality mm. that's how i see it exactly. some bands lose the integrity but they stay quality mm. uh, which i guess i don't know struggling for examples uh, but I'll, I'll come up with something in you know in hindsight but uh, some bands lose integrity and they still sound great and other bands stick with the integrity you can say metallica was the, the black the album sound. maybe they lost their integrity yeah their something integrity like that because black album sounds amazing but it's not as much of the integrity of, of what no, the band they was. They've lost all integrity there. Yeah, yeah, I, I could agree with that, even though I like it. Yeah, I love sure. it. I love it's it. But point, like, it's yeah. not the Cliff yeah. Burton fucking driven. No, no, I think no. it's Lars. Lars being very forward thinking, mm. and like the integrity is not as important as the quality. I think that would be in his mind subconsciously or consciously. Mm. But uh, with Sanjutsu, as we're kind of finishing our first run of it. We're going to do the two other Harry, Harry's epics uh, coming up, but that's a while to go. So uh, just to, you know, to kind of leave it on that, I would say they kept integrity and quality. Yeah. And I'm amazed by that. Uh, I agree. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of uh, the last Iron Maiden effort. Very happy to be an Iron Maiden fan in 2021. Fergal. Uh, I think it's an excellent album. And unfortunately, the song we've just discussed is probably my least favorite, so it might give a, a poor like reflection to the listener of what I think of the overall album. But it's not reflective though of what I think. I think it's brilliant. I think actually ten or sorry nine out of the ten songs are very good to great. I prefer it to Book of Souls. Uh, once the recency bias of Book of Souls has kind of faded away, I realize that there's four songs on that that I don't really like: um, the Great Unknown, When the River Runs Deep, Man of Sorrows, and Shadows of the Valley. Mm. I actually think they're quite forgettable, all of those songs. Um, whereas on this, even with Death of the Celts, I don't think anything is forgettable. I think they're all mm -hmm. fairly yeah. memorable songs. 
and they're different from one another. They stand out. They're distinctive. Um, I certainly think it's better than The Final Frontier, which I didn't really like that much. Um, don't go back to it very often. I love Dance of Death and I love Brave New World. Brave New World is my favourite album ever. Dance of Death, I felt, was a very strong follow-up. So I'd say in the post-reunion era, it's nearly up there with them. I'd, say I'd put it up there with Dance of Death, actually. Cool. Cool, yeah. Uh, I think uh, it's cool to have two big fans of Brave New World. Is your is both of yours favourite, I think, Halotta and Fergal? Yeah, it's either... It's between Brave New World, Dance of Death, or A Matter of Life and Death. Cool. Uh, it's cool. between those three, three, but Brave New World is probably my, my favorite. We had, we had Ben on last week. Uh, he's uh, 46 years old, Australian, and he got into our maiden at nine. Mm. And he said that he enjoys so much uh, listening to people that got into the band at another point and yeah. widening his perspective. Yeah. And he was on for a new track as well, which uh, I think he did, he did brilliantly. I haven't edited oh, the episode yet, but uh, it was a good one. Yeah. And that was Dan Mortimer's wish. To have yeah. like a, an, an OG fan on a new track and great idea then. Because this was definitely the era where I got into Iron Maiden when yep. I was like 12 or 13. Um, but I mean, I do like some of the old stuff really, really much as well. Power Slave is probably, it's up there as well among the favorites. Um, but yeah, Brave New World, probably my favorite my take on brave new world is echo something you said jonathan on your recent episode where you're talking about your favorite ghostbuster being winston you're like uh yeah when i was younger i didn't think twice you're like you don't think twice when you're young you only think once and uh, (laughs) ever since i heard brave new world i only thought about it once i was like that's my fucking favorite iron maiden album yeah Um, but in fairness anything that's come since is has never measured up exactly to it so there's a part of it that's that's nostalgia bias i reckon but there's also a part of it that that is actually the quality of the music and it, it's hard to separate the two and, and that's kind yeah. of why i don't like dissecting listing. my fandom so much because it, it yeah, removes or listing things or like, ranking yeah. it, it removes things like nostalgia and mm. personality <laughs> from, yeah. from from your preferences uh, exactly that's I mean, why it's brave just, new world is my favorite like i put up polls in uh, in our uh, facebook group and it's like uh, with the instrumental poll uh, transylvania one it's my least favorite instrumental but it's kind of interesting to know that it's the most favored in yeah. those mm. in that in that group you know so it always comes to that and it's super subjective and it's super fluid in a sense like what's the best i i completely agree with you that lists are useless but i still do them yeah because sometimes useless stuff is fun I'll happily be the representative of useless fun. Oh yeah, useless fun is is the best thing in the world. Well, I have I have, I have one thing I want to mention that I hope that I don't know if you guys have heard. Um, there's a there's a principal at a school in Ontario named yeah. Sharon Burns who might be getting fired because uh, the parents find out she's a Maiden fan due to an Instagram post. So there's a petition going around. Uh, I don't know really where I want to, where, I, where I want to go with this because there's there's no counter petition, of course. But um, uh, just want to. Give her a shout out, and uh, you know, we'd love. I'd love to have her on at some point. I imagine if if we are able to get her, or she wouldn't want probably want to come on as long as she's still working there, because that that might be, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, just it, it just sucks that this is still a thing. That's that's just my yeah. that's just my point. Hmm. Uh, you know that you that you know, and also it's in Canada. You'd figure they'd be cooler. They are the Swedes of the Americas. Yeah, but they're still <laughs> more American than Swedish. Well, then again, Swedes are not really cool. No, no. Yeah, but really. we're not, not we're in not general. Sure. You are Carlotta, but yeah, <laughs> in general, no. <laughs> Thank you. Too. <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah. I don't think I don't think this would happen here, though. No, no I guess. Not I guess. now. In the eighties, sure. 
sure. like the satanic panic going mm. around, but maybe the satanic panic is still going around in Canada. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we used to be so religious, and with, in my family, I talked about my grandfather before in this episode, my late grandfather, that is, and that he was always sober, and that was of religious yeah. origin. But he was always cool about this shit. He mm. was the guy that would give a, a beggar 20 crowns mm. because that was part of his faith. So yeah, he, he, he just had a. Or spiteful. Yeah, and he didn't force my uh, father and his sisters to follow mm. the same faith mm. because that's a particular branch of Christianity yeah. which is, is quite extreme. It's going mm. towards more uh, Islam. It's called uh, Lestadius. Yeah. Uh, Lestadianism. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, mm. they can't drink, they can't even wear ties. If you wear a tie, that's like you're a party animal. You're going mm. for, a or, for an orgy when you wear a tie. <laughs> I've never thought, like, it's It's very old. extreme. But, I'm I mean, gonna... my father didn't have to follow that, so he's a normal Christian. And then, of course, by nature, I didn't have to follow his normal Christianity mm. either. Well. So I was raised in a very, very, very uh, 360 environment mm. as far as well, religious I, views I goes. You, I could do whatever I, I wanted. Yeah. So I never had the pressure of religion. And uh, I guess a fair number of our listeners had... But that made me more interested. I love theology. I studied it a lot. Like I'm very interested in what we cannot understand. Yeah. Uh, maybe more so than what we can understand, which I guess don't go for everyone. But yeah. I mean, I, I got that as well. I, th I think there's probably more here to unpack. I don't know why I did this right in the end here. There's probably a lot to st stuff to talk about here. But, uh, but that's interesting, though, that she's getting shamed for like getting... And, and potentially fired. And when potentially is, uh, fired for liking Iron Maiden. Yeah. Like it's one of the safest... Bands yeah. Friendliest band. Yeah, friendliest band. They yeah. wouldn't advocate half the shit I advocate or try yeah. not to advocate. <laughs> when is this going out, out of interest? Uh, 29th of uh, October, yeah. right? Okay, I've just spoken to Andrew at length about this topic, but um, I'll say it here anyway, because cool. it'll be a while removed from when I last spoke about it by the time people hear this. Uh, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Definitely echo people's sentiments saying, like, the 80s was, like, four decades ago, and, like, people were burning albums burning books but the example i use when i, I chatted holy to soldiers nazi looks <laughs> <laughs> but like did did they like if somebody had have posted themselves with the collection of stephen king novels would they also be looking for her to be fired if she had a posted herself with a dvd copy of the exorcist would they be looking for her to be fired um as angus young says from acdc did they check her stomach for a mcdonald's it like it, who's to know what inspires people to do anything and there's no tell you what, whatsoever that, uh, I, I know that eric is, has something ready but i'm just tell you what uh, that is something that i've really noticed with this is that music seems to be taken more seriously than movies that's it they, why, they, why is this i don't know uh, for me uh, i'm more of a music fan so i guess it makes sense for me personally but i would guess the major public uh, that wouldn't be the ranking or anything of it i don't know why music is taken so seriously and what i want to believe is that music touches your heart very very Seriously. And that's why. I think uh, films and books and TV shows get given passes that music doesn't. Um, and I, I actually don't know why. It, it's a mystery to me. But music seems to be the one with its head on the stake. Like, oh, they heard the word visceral in a melodic uh, form. They yeah. must yeah. be influenced now. But there was no proof ever. Like, like I said before, like there's no proof ever in the history of time that... Um, Anybody hearing the word Satan has ever caused anyone to do any wrong. Judas Priest yeah. won their lawsuit about this topic. I think Ozzy Osbourne won a similar lawsuit for the song Suicide do Solution. Do it. Uh, yeah. no, no band has ever lost a lawsuit about this. So yeah. shouldn't that set a precedent about... 
And like even going back to my aforementioned granddad, mm. he didn't like the idea of, he called it like music that sounds like noise, mm. but he didn't stop my father. He even helped him carry his hi-fi system home, you know, the first hi-fi system he bought. And my dad was absolutely mad about music. He, he carried, still is. Carried Satan home with his son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> carried Satan home because that's as bad, maybe worse than a tie in that in that uh, community. Like music, that's the devil's shit because you start dancing and undressing, and what hell? What else is going to happen? You know. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. always wear a tie to orgies anyway. I must say. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm going to start doing it. <laughs> exactly. I, I just, just want to say this is such an insanely. This is, there's so much to talk about here in the subject. I think we should maybe let's let's do this again properly some other time where you sort of just do this maybe. Sure, yeah, because I got to finish in about a, f- a few minutes. But I wanted yeah. to ask rotation, especially for Halotta and Fergal, what you've been mm. listening to lately. Mm. Uh, I've been <laughs> I've been listening to uh, podcasts more so than music. So I was listening to the Metal Gods podcast, which launched recently. Uh, it's a Judas Priest podcast. So I I've caught up with all their episodes there. I think it's about six of them. Uh, I've also been listening to Maiden A to Z. Ap- apologies Ooh. for the horrendous. Thank plug. you. <laughs> but uh, but I like I I'm kind of in a weird place where I I certainly haven't listened to all your episodes. So I'm catching up with the new and the old at the same time. So I'm doing that. Um, and then I was listening to the fuck else was I listening to? Um, I was in a chat with somebody recently about the Bruce Dickinson album Balls to Picasso, so I ended up oh, listening cool. to that a lot um, because I wanted to see if I actually thought it was as bad as I did originally, and I do. Um, I don't really like it, but Tears of the Dragon is still. It was actually a conversation that formed from a, a comment on Twitter that was. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was. It was something to do with. Um, Tears of the Dragon being, or do you prefer Boss to Picasso to the X Factor? And I said, Tears of the Dragon is a better song than any song on the X Factor, but the X Factor is a far better album than Boss to Picasso. And then this sparked a massive conversation about, like that. Of course it did. Um, and then I was like, oh Jesus, I forgot about having to defend your opinions on the internet. Um, so <laughs> the, 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 the solution Part is never, of the fun, ex- I hope. never express an opinion on the internet is the solution or on a podcast because you'll only have to defend them for the rest of your life. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I still I stand by that. I think Tears of the Dragon is better than any song in the X Factor. Uh, but the rest of the album is, is trash. And you really like the X Factor, so yeah. I love the X Factor, but I just yeah. think that, that maybe is one of the best songs Bruce Dickinson has ever sung. And I don't even like it, but that I've said before, so uh, let's continue. Halotta, yeah. recent rotation. Um, my rotation, last couple of days I've been listening to Sinjutsu, uh, and it's been a while, actually, since I listened to the whole album. So that's been a little bit of rotation again since the album came out. Otherwise, I've been listening to a lot of like post-metal core like Eminence has been on repeat um, my speakers um, yeah that's probably about it I've been listening to Power Slave actually a little bit too so <laughs> a little bit of always a good idea yeah always a, good idea. a little bit of an Iron Maiden comeback certain albums yeah that's ah. basically it right now a lot of emo as well yeah you have that in your roots right I do. Yeah, Everything. being slightly younger as well. So. Yeah. How old are you, Carlotta? I'm for thirty. Okay. Thirty. Okay. We're all getting older, I guess. But <laughs> I, I turned thirty-one in about a month. So. Oh, there we I go. I turned thirty-six in a month. So. Thirty-six. There mm-hmm. we go. Uh, almost I, as old as Eric. Yeah. How old are you, Eric? I'm thirty-eight. Really? All right. Yes. Still young, though, at heart. 
Yeah, I mean, it's nice you having You could not like tell. That. You could not tell you're pushing 40. I'm being honest here. You could not tell. Well, thank like, you. That's, that's very yeah. kind of you. I think there's a lot of times I do end up saying things that make me sound ancient. Um, <laughs> but then you always point it out, which makes you sound well, then, more... Then, then, uh, then, yeah, then you should have become charming and funny. You're making fun of yourself. But inside, <laughs> inside you're crying old man tears. Of being old that's old. your <laughs> MO. That's your <laughs> MO in life, right? So, so yeah, the other, the, the, other day, the other day I was mentioning, I was talking to my girlfriend, and uh, I don't remember how, but we uh, something we were watching... You use the word archaic, and I said archaic. I like that word. And she said, "You are that word." <laughs> I also like that word, Eric. I'm like going to live well, right actually. in with you. I love that word. word. I use it it's a nice. lot. Like archaic. I use I it a lot. That on my on my CV, like <laughs> archaic. Personal qualities, yeah. archaic. I'm going to be very nice to you, but also honest. You're timeless. You're not archaic. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you too. I think everyone yeah. is timeless. But you, yeah. you need to no, stop tying else. an onion to your belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the vampires. No, that's a, that's Simpsons reference there. Ah, oh, there that's we go. Good. We do a lot of those. I've been listening to Seven Sisters. Uh, I, I always get cut off guard by these uh, questions, but uh, Seven Sisters are like one of my favorite metal bands ever, and they're only recent. They've only been around the last few years, and they have a new album coming out in October. And they're fucking. You have a brilliant. song of choice that I can splice in here. Yeah, they have a song called "The Artifice." It was just out, oh, geez, last Friday, and it's from their new album, which is out on the twenty second of October. Uh, and they cool. did the, the theme music for fucking metal, so like I, I do have a kind of a biased link to them. But um, well done theme, I like it. Yeah, but they are they uh, are fantastic. They're really good. And the reason I asked them to do it is because I love them so much. Um, but yeah, the artifice. It, just go and listen to it. It's, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. I will like, do it as soon as I'm off. This if you like Iron Maiden, and Seven Son of a Seven Son, and that era of Iron Maiden, you will love it. Because our tagline is obviously up the irons and skull from the north. I figured we could split it up between you two. So Fergal does yeah. the first bit and you do the last bit. I think bit. Fergal has something more before that. Yes. I get the sense. Can I just, yeah, can I just say cheers in Irish? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ugh. Hold on a second. Uh, I thought that was it. Ugh. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> it up. We're effective language. Ugh. Like uh, yeah, northern Swedes. Okay. Uh, like northern Swedes. I have my family from there. When they say yes, they just say, <laughs> they just breathe in. So, we say this all the time, up the errands. Slauncher or Aaron. Here, delete that shite about me telling you how well I did in my exams. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry. 